0: My name is Ginny Saraswati, and my company name is Ginny Media. This, this, is, this is Diversified, Diversified. Diversified. Diversified.
1: Game. game Game.
0: A podcast giving entrepreneurial advice from a diverse and inclusive perspective. with Kelly. He may
1: agree, he may oppose, and it's more than just race, it's about, you know, ideas.
0: So, let the game begin.
1: Hey, it's Kellen, and today on Diversified Game, man, you podcasters, you guys better listen. This is real game to listen, learn, and see how you can benefit. I have Jenny of Jenny Media, and she's going to give us the game on what she does for podcasters and why we all need to know what her company and what sh- who she is. So, Jenny, welcome to the show. How are you doing?
0: Thank you, Kenneth. I'm having a wonderful time today, and I enjoy talking to you, so I'm excited to be on the show. I was listening to it on the way to this interview, so I want to see if the uh final edit matches the uh actual progress
1: <laughs> oh definitely definitely we we don't we don't do you know any really heavy um editing unless you owe taxes, and then we'll put that in the interview and say and this person owes <laughs> taxes, and Interpool is looking for them, you know so but but tell us about your company and you know how you benefit podcasters
0: sure so thank you kellen for having me on your show so my company genie media clearly a highly narcissistic name but i thought hey <laughs> people struggle saying my name i get variants here over in the states kellen i get jenny i get Jeannie, i get Jean, and i'm like it's genie like the drink they're like so Jean. i'm like no it's not Gene, So I call my company Ginny Media in the hope that people will finally learn how to say my name. Still not quite there yet. Um, but however, we're a podcast production company. We produce for coaches, entrepreneurs, and Fortune 500 clients. We do everything from audio production, writing your show notes, creating promotional graphics, and artwork for you, and we distribute for you. So we like to consider your, um, ourselves as your outsource podcast production team. So you literally just have to focus on being you, being the talent. You just send us the files and then you can just kick back and talk to your friends. That's that's how we like to roll.
1: So you really take folks and make them the talent so they don't have to be the graphics. They don't have to be the editor and all of you know these things. Can Is there a percentage of growth that you've seen in your clientele? Definitely.
0: It's almost every client, those who stay consistent those who consistently put out an episode when they say they will, almost every client has some form of growth every year. And I see that very consistently. It's almost double in some cases. Like I look at how they were in January 2018 to where they are in January 21 every year it's doubled. Those who've stayed consistent, those who followed the advice that we've given them. It's been such an amazing medium, especially uh, as a result of the pandemic as well. I read a stat yesterday that 400,000 podcasts have been released as a result of the pandemic, which is pretty insane when you think about it. But podcasts is such a easy way to um, create because you're at home, you have a microphone, you have a laptop and Wi-Fi, you can essentially download a free software and off you go to the races and record but starting a vlog is a little bit different you know you have to think about lighting cameras video editing there's a bit more involved and a bit more cost involved but podcasting I have seen a percentage grow in consumption I've seen a percentage percentage grow in creation and I've seen a percentage grow in those who stay consistent to the medium and consistently putting out episodes
1: And consistency is key. A lot of folks want to blow up overnight. They want the $100 million Joe Rogan deal today. And, And not understanding how long he has been doing this as well as being on, you know, various shows. Yeah. Give the folks some price range because before people, you know, reach out and try to waste your time, you have a beautiful website, so I'm sure you have a beautiful system. But before they even push that button, links in the description, you guys, and say, I need this help, what range should they be in to start?
0: They should be in at least a $1,000 a month range. So if you're paying, if you're ready to invest $1,000 a month into podcasting, what you're saying to me is it's a very valued medium for your business or your brand or whatever your uh, program or incentive may be at the time. If you're at that range, please do reach out to me. I mean, I do do special rates for those who come through various programs that we run. But why I go to that range is I find that people who are willing to spend that money consistently are also willing to stay consistent with putting episodes out. And they're committed to their growth, the growth of the brand, the podcast. And also, it's a partnership, right? Yes, I'm your producer. But also, I want you to win. I want you to get more downloads. I want you to grow your brand. I want you to get organic leads from the podcast and to do that we need to stay consistent and we need to work together so i find at that price range the people who do come to me and like yep i'm willing to pay that they stay consistent
1: and I, I really want you to educate people on this question because I can already hear someone say, Well, if I take my stimulus money and I give it to you, can you grow it the next month so I can continue? ROI is a big thing, but you know, a lot of folks spend money, and I've gone to some great conferences like PodFest and whatnot. And but I do my podcast so I can pull not just the game from you, but I pull clients and ROI is where people say, well, how much money can I make? And I want you to educate people on that because you can use a platform like anchor.fm. And I know the peers hate that because they're like, no, use Podbean and then, you know, do this and do that. But what is your strategy on the best way to make money from this and get your return on investment?
0: Right. So that is a common question I get because people are like, well, we're paying you all this money to produce this content for us. What is the benefit in me? So essentially it goes back to your vision and your goals for the podcast. Like what, how does a podcast serve your actual, you know, mission? Like you said uh, just at the moment, Callan, that the podcast serves you, it gets you um, relationships, it gets you business and that sort of thing. Okay, so you're like, essentially the podcast is a lead magnet for you, right? It's getting you business, it's getting you leads, it's getting you to have conversations with people that could lead you to potential business. So firstly, look at how the podcast fits into your grander scheme of making money. Because Some people come to me going, I want to be Joe Rogan, here's my stimulus money. I will be like, no, thank you, please keep it. Um, come back to me in a a few years time because it's important. And I want to set that expectation going up front that podcasting is a long-term game. You need to see how it fits into your content strategy. You also need to see how like what avenues you can actually leverage the podcast for to create an ROI. So for example, You may be able to have a conversation with someone that teaches you something or that you've always wanted to have a conversation with, and you can leverage the podcast as a way to have that conversation. Nowadays, especially in a pandemic world, going out and saying to someone, hey, can I have an hour of your time and I'll buy you a cup of coffee? That doesn't fly the way that it used to. People just don't have that abundance of time anymore. But if you say to them, hey, jump on Zoom, you want to come on my podcast, I'd love to create this piece of content for you and I'd love to talk to you. They might be like, yeah, this is cool. This Some of my stuff is out in the world too. So there's a mutually beneficial, I guess, entry point for both of you to have this conversation in this particular medium. So it's a great relationship builder. So however you want to leverage that relationship in the context of your business is up to you. It's also a great press pass. Not many people talk about this. And I know we haven't had many events because of the pandemic, but you can actually look at an event or a conference that's coming out. So say, for example, Kellen. PodFest, you can be like, yo, PodFest, I want to do like a live pod, like broadcast from PodFest. I'm sure they do other things with other podcasters there too. But you can actually use it as a press pass to talk to some of the keynote speakers, some of the guest speakers, and all of a sudden, that's a game changer. Like you're there with your industry titans, you have access to them, and you're broadcasting from the event where all your potential business relationships, your listeners exist, So all of a sudden, when you start looking at podcasts that way, you're like, oh, I've created my own media company that I can actually take to events and introduce myself to people. So relationships are probably the number one ROI you'll get from podcasting. In terms of making money, obviously ads is a traditional way. You can, you know, put some ads in there, get some sponsors to trade airtime or trade the podcast time to get money from. Or the other way to do it is you can actually use your podcast as your own media company, put in an ad for your product and build relationships that way and build clients that way. I had one of my clients has literally made, I think, six-figure businesses from her podcast. She has such a loyal following. She gets people to come listen. People listen. They love her. So when she starts promoting her programs, they're like, I like this girl. I want to be taught by her. I love her vision. I love her passion. All of a sudden, it's a game changer. you got friends from all around the world who want to, like, listen to you, want to be coached by you, want to spend time with you. You know, it's a great way of making friends, Kellen. Like, you and I, we're cool now. We're buddies.
1: (laughs) Definitely, we are. And, and, you know, we know something about each other i know where she's from and i know where her parents are from you guys and so you you get this and you basically said my whole game plan of doing this being a consultant and a pr guy just you know naturally that is everything and so what are some of the numbers that you're seeing on the average from clients? Because I I, st- I want to stick with this ROI because people say, killing, mm-hmm. but I want to do this full time. And I represent a lot of influencers and YouTubers. And people say, I want to be like that person. And I'm like, they put 10 years of work in. Five of it, they were yeah. never paid. So, yeah. you know, yeah, yeah. what are you seeing as far as realistic numbers? Because Joe Rogan's number is after, you know, 20 years of hard work and dedication.
0: Yeah. So some of my clients, those who've been consistent since, let's say, in the last four years. So from 2017 to 2021, they've had over half a million downloads. Now, that may not sound like a huge number, but see how that consistency plays out. Now, if you break it down to an average, that's roughly more than 100,000 downloads a year. That's more than 10,000 downloads a month. That's a lot of people. That's a lot of reach. And they, they've grown like consecutively each year. So there's some of the numbers that I'm seeing come in from consistency. I'm also seeing people t- trying to explore, okay, how can I leverage the podcast to create other content mediums? So other things like how can I get this podcast and make it into a blog? Okay, simple. Go on video, have a video chat. All of a sudden it's a vlog. How can I turn it into an article? Transcribe the vlog, write an article from it. All these things to repurpose the content that you already have from that single time investment. I'm seeing a lot of people do that. And all of a sudden, you're not just re- reaching podcasters or podcast listeners, sorry. You're releasing, uh, you're reaching YouTube watchers, you're release, re- reaching article readers. It's all of a sudden a new game where that one piece of content, that one time investment that you make to recording or creating this piece has tripled its ROI in who it reaches. So there's other ways of doing it as well. And I think the numbers game, like I know, Kellen, that's a question that you get a lot. What's the ROI? What's the ROI? The ROI is you've got to be okay to eat that really, really, at what Elizabeth Gilbert calls the shit sandwich for a couple of years. And then you get to your caveat when you keep at it, when you keep at it, you will see the results. And um, I know a lot of people don't like that. And other people want like a quick fix, like, pay. I'll pay you my stimulus check, go off and make me Joe Rogan. I'm not going to do that because I I can't do that. And that's not long term. And I'm not going to do it the right way if that be the case. And I wouldn't want to do that. (laughs)
1: Well, I think that's why the government gave it. So you can create a podcast or, you know, go on TikTok and become a star. That's why, (laughs) Uh, you know, bet it it all on you. Now, you know, podcasting, and I know you also have your own podcast. Why podcasting and not taking that in filming it. And I, and I say that, and I want to be fair because people know that I'm the guy who would get laughed at more than a decade ago. Yeah. I say more than a decade ago, telling, you know, folks in Viacom radio should be TV. Oh, that could never happen. And it's like, you know, you could never work here, you know? And so I want to know why the audio and not putting the visual together when it's so easy now to put a phone or Luminex, camera you know in front of you while you're doing it. So just to clarify, I do recommend if you can do audio and video, do it.
0: It makes for like the repurposing side of it. Like you can create little snippets, like it's much more social media friendly um than you know just the audio. However, why podcasting over like any other medium is the fact that if you're a human being who's blessed with all five senses, meaning that you can hear, you can see, you can touch, you can taste, you can smell. If you have all five senses, if you're blessed to have those five senses, it means that you consume communication in three ways. You read it, you watch it, or you listen to it. Now listening, i.e. audio, is the only way that we can actually consume communication whilst doing something else. You can't read a book and multitask. You can't watch video and multitask. You can The only way you can do that is by listening to it. Now, with the way the world is going and the pandemic's only accelerated this, our time is becoming so jam-packed with things, with events, with things. We have to juggle our kids. We've got to go to work. We got to get ready for this. So there's lots of things that's happening to our time as human beings, and we're getting more more and more efficient as human beings. So podcasting, again, audio is the only way that we can want to be entertained, want to be informed want to consume something while we do something else. So that's why I think podcasting is so powerful. One of the reasons why it's the only medium that allows the end consumer full autonomy. And also it's such an intimate space. Like we're literally being heard in someone's ear at the moment, Kellen. Like how many people do you let that close to you? Only very few, right? So that's why it's so powerful. It's intimate. It's, it's also autonomous as well. It's the only medium that allows you full autonomy to, do, to consume it doing whatever you want.
1: Definitely. And, you know, I've heard and, and read that the more educated audience listen to podcasts versus, you know, the visual. Have you heard that same thing? Yeah,
0: it's the multitasking factor. Busy people who are educated generally uh, have they, they, they want to be stimulated. That's how their minds work. They want to consume, but they also get restless. They're like, I want to consume and I want to cook. I want to consume and I want to ride my bike. I want to consume and I want to run. I want to consume and I want to um, listen to this with someone else. Like it's, I think that is one of the reasons I'm going to consume something while I commute. Like they've taken podcasts as like a mini audio university, (laughs) really.
1: (laughs) Definitely. And I know I can hear someone say, but I use YouTube as a university too. But, you know, there's a difference between, I remember again, over a decade ago coming out of grad school and having my business be, you know, starting where I could actually eat in the real world and people saying, Hey, what's the new movie out? And I'm like, I don't know but I could tell you what Seth Godin, you know, just wrote, or I can tell you what Tim Ferriss just wrote. I can't tell you what the new movie is. You tell me and maybe I'll check it out with you. So there's just a different mindset for people who listen. And that's most of the people they listen to me. I'm like, maybe I just have a face for radio. Um, <laughs> our-
0: <laughs> I've been told that too, Kellen. Don't worry. You don't,
1: uh, by the way. <laughs> oh, Thank you. And neither do you. I mean, our faces are for whoever want to look or listen to us and, you you know, I, I always knew I was brilliant. That's why I didn't do so well in high school. They weren't telling me anything that was going to be, you know, meaningful at least in this country. I don't know if Australia was the same way.
0: Uh, that I had a face for radio. They told me I wasn't going to be anything. No. <laughs> Unfortunately, fortunately for me, I had a I had a very supportive group of friends who told me, you know, you'll be all right. But I knew for me, the traditional nine to five. What everybody said. Like I remember the last corporate job I had like I'm not a violent person Kellen but I wanted to punch my boss in the face every single day (laughs) not a good environment to be in but I I thought to myself I'm never going to be one of I'm never going to be successful because I'm being told about all these things I'm doing wrong but really it just wasn't the job for me and I was trying to mold myself and bend over backwards to be something and someone I wasn't um, so, you know, that, that, that's, that was my experience with the uh, corporate world.
1: <laughs> I can definitely feel that and let people know, what is your podcast about? So the
0: Ginny Show actually started off as a podcast in 2016. I have a background in radio. Uh, for 10 years in Melbourne, Australia, I had a morning show on and off with, a, I was co-hosting a morning show or what we call in Australia, a breakfast show. Um, but the Americans call it a morning show. I'm like, what is the difference? Like it's both in the morning. And anyway, they're like, no, it's the mornings where you have breakfast. I'm like, this is exactly why we call it breakfast. Let's just get to the point. Anyway, that's a whole other podcast for another day, (laughs) Kellen. But uh, essentially what happened is I noticed while, uh, like when the iPod came out, um, I had a breakfast show at the time and we noticed very, um, very clearly that the downloads of our actual podcast. So if you were an FM breakfast host at the time where the iPod came out, traditionally the FM radio shows will pull like certain interviews you did on radio and then put them on iTunes for it to be a podcast episode. So it was very cleverly repurposed in that way. And what we noticed was that our downloads was significantly growing month to month. And I thought there's a trend here. Like people are actually listening to us after we've been on air. So people are actually wanting to still hear the content, but maybe they have to get into work at that time. Maybe they can't at that particular particular time, but they find us interesting enough to want to go online, download the podcast and have a listen to it. So I knew attention was kind of moving away from what we traditionally thought it was. So in 2016, I started my own podcast, the Ginny show and I wanted to kind of go all creative on it. I wanted to make like a story soundscape of my upbringing and what I've learned And then it's evolved into this kind of uh, conversations with people, people unpacking the happy, like what makes them happy, what brings them the most joy. So that's kind of the journey it's gone on. And now it's kind of moving into a phase where how adventure and experiences and travel, what that's taught people and how it's taught them to unpack their values and what gives them the most joy. So it's an evolving project as I evolve. Um, But the podcast I find so amazing to do because of the people that I get to meet. Um, That's my ROI on it. I get to connect with amazing people and I get to learn some fascinating things like morning routines. I love morning routines. I love putting something different in my morning routine every time I learn it. So um, yeah, that's the podcast, Kelly.
1: Well, and and let's let's talk about untapped markets because you being from Australia but having the Sri Lankan background you know you you can speak more than one language some may say in America you speak three because you speak the queen's english american <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah i spell color with a u that's right i do
1: <laughs> yeah yeah but have you thought about um are ever done a podcast just for those in Sri Lanka because you know everything is English 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 in America that we talk about but there's Swahili in so many different places that they need the same game and that's the stuff that I talk to with my influencers like yo let's do something different you know let's get a different audience so does Sri Lanka get any love I guess I'm saying <laughs>
0: Well, unfortunately, I haven't been able to give Sri Lanka any love, but I do have clients of mine who get their podcast translated into French, Spanish, uh, Mandarin, um, because to your point, people in France, um, or wherever they speak French, um, they want to listen to podcasts in that language, or wherever they are from the world, they want that podcast content, that juice in that language, so I do want to give some love to Sri Lanka and I'd love to speak I'm I'm not a very good Sinhalese speaker or a Sinhala speaker I would have to hire probably one of my aunties to do it and I'm like why are you making me do this like <laughs> and I'll be like listen it's a family favor okay just do it so I would love to explore that too cuz I think also India the podcast market I think they just got Spotify a couple of years ago if if I'm if I remember correctly and it, you're right it is an untapped market that I'm sure in time like we will see amazing content come out of that.
1: And you you had told me off air that you had listened to the interview with uh, Shay, the goddess, I believe it was. And do you know, hello 99 FM now is playing segments because she was such a great guest. And when I told her, Hey, I'd like to be out there. I think we can do something. So they're definitely trying that out. And I'd like to be everywhere because Africa, the whole continent is untapped market i can see it from what i see on facebook and the lack of groups that are there so we make one up so there's so much i'd rather be a star honestly outside of america i could avoid certain tax um and i wouldn't have to deal with you know what comes with being famous here in america and the pressures of you said this so let's go to sri lanka let's let's do it
0: let's go to sri lanka all right kellen we'll go to sri lanka we'll chill there have a bit of english breakfast Tea, yeah, it'll be good. It'll be good.
1: Yes, and what they drink during the night as well, because yeah. we we the arak. You want the
0: hard arak? All right, I am a bit of a lightweight, so I will. I'll take you out for an arak. Absolutely.
1: So let the folks know. How much time do you spend on your podcast and also a teachable moment? How much time do you spend in your business? Cause I think some folks, you know, I love anchor personally. Um, it fits a lot of the boxes that I need and the things that people complain about. I can say, I can, I can, you know, have a conversation with them about it, but it allows you on your phone to say, hey, 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 this, 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 and push upload. But it takes so much more. So how much time do you spend on yours? And then how much time do you spend on your business throughout the week?
0: Right. So my podcast, we're off season at the moment. But when I'm off on season, um, essentially what I do is my I have a team that supports me. So I, I'm very blessed that I don't have to do this on my own. So the guests schedule a time with me. And then that particular day, I'll get one of my writers to go in and she'll write because she she's very familiar with my voice to be like, this is what we want to ask this particular person about what makes them interesting, what really brings them joy, what are their values, what are their travel stories, what have they gone through. So she'll make me like a key takeaway list and with some fun facts. And then I'll spend a good probably 10, 15 minutes reading that because I want to obviously keep the conversation organic when I when I speak to the person. Then I'll spend like a 40 minutes to an hour recording with them. And then once I did once I've done that, I essentially do what I do. I I I send the audio files to my audio editor. So what we do for clients, the process also happens for me. So my audio editor gets it, he edits it, um, show notes are written, artwork's created. It's put out in the podcast, it's done. Like it's put out into the world or it's scheduled to, to be put out into the world. So that's, that's my process. I spend roughly, I mean, if, the time that I spend on it is probably about an hour and a half a week per interview. Um, but I think all up, it, it's a good, uh, for my team, it takes probably about six hours of podcast from start to finish of the process. So from the audio editing to the show notes, to the creating the artwork to putting it out, it's probably six to eight hours. So you can imagine if you're doing this by yourself. I remember when I first launched the Genie show, I was like, wouldn't it be nice if someone could write show notes for me? Thankfully, I had an audio editor at the time who was a genius. Um, Wouldn't it be nice if someone could create graphics for me? And that, funnily enough, what I was lacking for me, I've been able to create for other podcasters out there. And I think for my business, like we have grown um, and we're blessed to have grown um, during a year where podcasts were made so I spend a lot of my time on my business more than my podcast because obviously there's leads there's interviews like this there's relationship building we've got a few other programs and as an entrepreneur too like there's other businesses I've invested in as well that I want to oversee and and kind of see um, what's happening there and what I can do to bring value to there as well so my business takes up most of my time But however, it's like the child that challenges you to be a better parent, Um, because even though your business is one child, you actually, your team kind of are your child, like you're responsible for paying them, right? You're responsible for some of their livelihood, if not all of their livelihood. So it's a constant growing, it's a constant vehicle of growth for me. And I'm so appreciative that I'm able to grow and learn um, the way that I have been able to.
1: A great team makes the dream come true every single time. Yeah. And, and with the success that you're having, what is a community give back that you are doing or that you want to do in the future?
0: I actually one of my dreams, Kellen is I want to actually start an orphanage in Sri Lanka. Speaking of Sri Lanka. Because I find for me like I look back at you know those moments that you've seen sliding doors, right? With Gwyneth Paltrow, like it mm-hmm. all happens because she missed the train, right? So for me, my missed the train moment is what if my parents didn't move to Australia? Like, where would my life be? I mean, you know, the civil war was starting up at the moment at, at that time when they moved over. I know there's certain rights, like, you know, c- certain rights that aren't available to women as they probably are now in Sri Lanka. Like where would my life had been? Like what sort of path would I have gone on? So I, I want to give back by doing that. I try to give back day to day with certain things like, you know, certain things you've got to be intentional with what you do. So day to day, you know, giving to charity or, you know, making someone's day or lighting them up or being in that flow of abundance. I try to do that day to day, but my bigger goal is that's what I want to do. I want to start an orphanage in Sri Lanka, give girls an opportunity for education that I was so lucky to get, um, which is not so accessible to some people in Sri Lanka.
1: And, and for those who don't know, because, you know, a lot of folks, they'll say, Hey, I heard about Sri Lanka and Drew Binsky was there and it looked beautiful. And everything, you know, when for, foreigners come to a place, they go to foreigner stuff. So give, you know, after the tsunami and all that, what is the state of Sri Lanka right now?
0: Well, I think at the moment, what happened was the civil war, I think, ended in, I think, 2008 or 2009. And then the tsunami happened in 2004. I believe it was, Um, the state of Sri Lanka, I heard before the pandemic and before that awful um, attack that was made on the churches, I heard tourism was booming and Sri Lanka is beautiful, like it is a beautiful island, you know, I'm lucky to have been born there and I'm lucky I have family there that I can go visit. Haven't done that as often as I would like, but I, I would like to do it. It's beautiful. It's it's very tropical. Um, you know, there's lots of beautiful beaches, beautiful mountains. Um, it's very very scenic. Great cinnamon sticks, I've heard too mm-hmm. as well. Great cup of tea. Um, so please do go. <laughs> Felt <laughs> like a tourism ad for uh, Sri Lanka there, but uh, I, I I do actually believe it. <laughs> <gasps>
1: Okay. And so education, which is a big thing and education as we see in COVID is changing. I personally have taken one of my children out of school because I'm like that virtual education that's so structured in the box. That's not going to work. Like, I don't think it worked for me. That's what happens when you graduate with like a 1.9 GPA but when you're fast, you can still go to college. And, 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 and I say, no, we're not going to do this. Because, so could that education be something virtual where you're offering tablets and then all these other programs? I mean, I'm just throwing stuff out there right now, but it doesn't have to be that traditional school anymore. Because what is school? I, I don't know. I'm just not a big fan of how school is done in the traditional model in the West. That's, that's me. So, you know, you, you can give me some feedback or say, Kellen, I'm not touching the politics and what could, and <laughs> what, well, what is it?
0: I think Kellen, and I want to be very clear and intentional in saying this, I uh-huh. think what you're saying is that you are not a fan of how the school system is. Um, I'm saying what I my opinion is, I think education has a value. Perhaps mm-hmm. the way it is being delivered and taught and price tags are put on it is something I don't agree with either. Um, you know, without getting too political, I think education is something that's priceless. I think the more you learn, the more wisdom you have to navigate life through or the more tools you can have access to to navigate life through. And I think it's something that is so invaluable, but I feel sometimes the access to it has been so tedious and so unnecessarily tedious to some people as well.
1: Okay, and you are correct on what I'm saying. I like to break things down and try to build them up, (laughs) you know, and, and, and just you know, create if it's a mess, let's break it and we can build it up. Um, where do you see the future of podcasting? You said you know, you, if you can do video, do video, but now we see podcasts that are big YouTubers and they're like, I don't know what to call myself. And now you have, you know, networks that Hulu and Apple TV are saying, Hey, we'll take YouTubers content. And, you know, sometimes they take podcasters content as well, if you can strike a deal. So where do you see like in the next five to, you know, 10 years podcasting going and growing?
0: I do see a growth in podcasting and I think this is where people can't get their head around it. We, there's what, I think Apple reported what 1 million podcasts officially um, a few months ago, I believe this, the data was, I need to read that article again. So don't quote me on the exact uh, timeframe, but when you think about it, 1 million is nothing. People are like, Oh, that's so saturated. And I'm like, it's we're barely even starting. Uh, look where YouTube's at. How many billions of downloads or billions of YouTube videos or YouTubers are out there? Like they're in the billions. Podcasting has just hit its first million, so we're nowhere near saturated. And I think people think, "Oh, this is it's, it's this everybody, every man, and his dog has a podcast." Yeah, it's true. Like a lot of people do have podcasts, but what they fail to understand is not all of those podcasters have remained consistent, which is the point that I made at the start. There's only uh probably half that percentage that stay persistent and consistent with that so think about it that way and I think the future of podcasting is and I do see celebrity coming from podcasts like we saw like in the last 10-15 years people who were pulled from like reality tv shows and put on morning show radio or tv hosts certainly we had that in Australia where like you know, someone from The Bachelor is now all of a sudden a, a morning radio show host and all of us that were training radio school, like you are kidding me, really? But it happens, right? It, it happens. So I think podcasters who are so groomed like myself will be like, I have a face for radio. Like you can have a TV show now. You'd like what? <laughs> so it's it's something like that. <laughs>
1: And and it's it's interesting when you say that because people who really don't want to be on camera, I've had co-hosts on the show that I started with, and one of them really just didn't want to be on camera. He's like, I really, for whatever reason, don't want to be on camera all the time. And I'm like, but well, we just at least have to put it everywhere. We're documenting, right? And my neighbor, exactly. my neighbor is Rick Party. He's in thirty different markets. He's one of the top five black DJs in this country. And you know, I'm like, hey, Rick. You got a face for TV. And and it's like, "Mm, I won't tell you what he said, but (laughs) (laughs) but it's you know, he's been a guest on this show. So I just people who like not being on camera, even if they do look like a model um, like myself, you know, some just don't want to be on camera. They're comfortable behind the microphone. So it's great. And I thank you for sharing the game. You guys, I want to be a little selfish and ask my guest off air something about podcasting that I don't want you guys to know yet. We'll share it with you later and make sure you check out her links in description, you know, a thousand dollars to start. And I'm sure the price can go up. I think the last thing Jenny is what would you like to leave the people with?
0: I think one thing that podcasting has taught me is the value of listening. That's something that I've learned through being a podcast producer and a podcaster is that, not many people know how to listen, and I say that very um, intentionally because I could be saying something, but someone hears something completely different, so it's taught me to be present, it's taught me to to listen, and it's also taught me that listening is such a powerful tool to build connection, to build community, to create a fantastic podcast if that is your wish to do, but listen more to podcasts and to
1: each other. <laughs> especially when it's people's names. Exactly.
0: But- <laughs> <laughs> I know I called you Kenneth at the song. I'm like, damn it. I hope you didn't pick that up. Then I'm like, it's Kellen.
1: <laughs> it's all good. And it's all love. You guys make sure you like, share, subscribe, and be blessed by the game.